Yo, it's Tuesday. I can't even see anything. Kyle, there's so many giveaways ah, on my desk. Get out so of there. Good. I get out of there. All right. We're going to talk about some automotive stuff, too. Let's get into it. Yes. Unbelievable. Yo, this is the week. I feel like the car is on the track now. It's unbelievable. Like, yesterday, I had, you know, like, we, we made a vow across our team to stay off slack. But I had this, like, this anxious energy all day. I was like, okay, okay. There's things happen. There's nope. Nothing's happening. There's things happening. We're nothing's okay. happening. We're cool. So We're good. cool with this. Yeah. We're cool with this. We're cool with this. <laughs> all right. You all know it. A SodaCon is coming in hot. Less than a week starts on Sunday. It's already Tuesday, right? I think it feels like it's Monday, but it's actually Tuesday. SodaCon starts on Sunday, and uh, I just thought I'd bring some of the giveaways we have obtained Whoa. and have in our possession. One PlayStation 5 Horizon Edition. We will be giving away at a SodaCon. So if you want to be your kid's hero, come get that one. We also have these AirPods Max. These are like five or $600 headphones that I don't own because they're five or $600. Bingo. And I'm exactly also well. not eligible to win these, so I'm a little <laughs> upset about that. This is probably one of the coolest ones. It is a Mogo Pro. It's like a Sono speaker with a high-definition camera in it, and you can just, like, stream your movies to it, set up a 300-inch high-definition screen anywhere with the speaker inside, outside. Is this sucker battery-powered? It's got to be. Uh, you know, I think it is. Yeah, it is. It's it got is. a battery. Yeah, it's yeah. got. Yeah, so you could just take it camping. Play a whole, you just take backyard, it camping. Go anywhere. Football Some... season is about to start. Like, the applications for that are amazing. So... If you haven't already, get your tickets to a SodaCon. We still have some left. Um, starts on Sunday night, but if you can't make it Sunday night, all day Monday and Tuesday, we're going to have amazing content for you. The collaborators, go on the social media. Follow us on LinkedIn, and you can see all the collaborators, all the speakers. All the speakers. We went on mm. Zoom calls with them, and it's just been absolutely uh, invigorating rolling into a SodaCon. That, that's a great word because I, when we get off of these calls with these collaborators, these speakers, the moderators, it just, it like fills you up. Everyone has a, a, a specific energy attributed to it. Like they're coming with their own intentionality. The The moderators are, are encouraging the speakers to, like I had one, I had one moderator last week that was like telling the speakers, no, 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 we're going to be in the moment. Stop talking. I was like, Right. They were like trying to right. talk about what they were going to talk about. And the moderator was like, whoa, whoa, save it for the show. Yeah. You know, That's, and I, so gosh. I love that type of energy. It's With, really without a doubt. I mean, like literally the more exciting thing for me is that I'm realizing that this, what we're doing here at Asoto is this element of like initially started as like dealers banding together. Right. And now it's like banding together to elevate the culture and perception of retail automotive through innovation, through public relations, through community service, through customer experience. People really believe in what we are doing together. They really yeah. believe in it. And Asoto is just going to exponentially like explode this to the next level. I can tell, just look at the speaker list and to a, to a person, Everyone is excited to be there. This isn't like, oh, I'm going to go right. to another comp, right? It's not that. But today, um, we have some news to talk about, so we probably should do we that. Got some We're four minutes in. Um, just so you know, if you're going, follow the AsotuCon Instagram account. Even if you're not yes. going, follow the AsotuCon Instagram account. It's at AsotuCon. And um, we're, that's going to be kind of a little hub for, like, up-to-date, you know, um, announcements and information and we have an insane content team ready to fire so if even if you can't be there make sure you're following us on linkedin follow the asoto linkedin page um and then you can also follow the asoto instagram and 
Asotacon Instagram and YouTube Shorts or wherever you like to see your Facebook stuff. Facebook and the YouTube and the TikTok. We're gonna put it everywhere. Yeah, put but, it everywhere. But we're gonna do our best to to know that like everyone can't make it out, and so uh, yeah. we're gonna do our best to bring the vibes to you because a little like, bit of vibe, you're a, a part of energy. this community, whether or not you come to Asotacon. But like yes, we're gonna have exactly. other Asotacons. <laughs> Actually, next year yeah, we might do some regional road shows. Next we're, year we're gonna do some road shows next year. Hey, real quick, if you are pay- if you're on LinkedIn, if you're on Facebook, YouTube, anywhere, uh, if you are a podcast listener, make sure and grab today's podcast. It's with Alex Vetter, CEO of Cars. Yes, uh, this on I'm auto collabs. You, it's auto collabs on auto collabs. Auto collabs. You can search it anywhere. Podcasts are found. This interview was. One of my mm, and so I keep saying favorites. one of my favorites. I know but that's why I stopped myself. <laughs> like it's like it it was elevated. He spoke a lot of like real truths. He, he, there was no filter on this interview. I know. And it's I like, really is he allowed to it. say that? So, yeah. yeah, I was like, <laughs> we have to run this by PR quick. <laughs> now we're good. Exactly. Alex Vetter. Um, yeah, go listen to the interview or watch it because we have the video version available as well. All right. Speaking of no filter, thank you. Segway time. Look, Steve Greenfield, if you do not get his intel report on a monthly basis, please leave the show and do it. Leave right the now. show like the rest of the Worth show it. is not. You'll <laughs> come back. I'm telling you, come back. Find it. Find us again. But go automotiveventures.com and get the intel report because this intel report, specifically this one and the way he has broken down I still feel the like we say risk. that every month too. <laughs> so he created this. He 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 talked about this last month, and he created this automotive ventures retail risk assessment assessment or Avra for short. Uh, he, he's a good car guy. He got us an acronym. He's a good car guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, but what he's done is he's taken, um, I think, like somewhere in the 17, 18 range of different market forces. So when we, ah, man, uh, so do, and and everything that we talk about, about market forces, different market forces that are coming into the franchise retail system, everything from over-the-air updates, servicing of vehicles, customer expectations, software subs, and a whole bunch more. We can't list them all. Um, but what he's done is put them on two different risk assessments uh, from a probable to improbable to very likely. So will they happen or not? And then from a minor to significant risk. And he's placed those on a continuum, a four a, a four uh, block spectrum, and said, "Hey, this is this is what dealers, industry partners should be preparing for in the next three to five years in the way that we do retail." Um, his quote says, "This average goal is to be able to work closely with the dealer body to develop a roadmap for action." to prepare for and neutralize some of the bigger threats exposed. We hope that monitoring these trends on behalf of the industry will allow participants to be better informed and prepared for the future. And look, and each one, he broke down like six or seven of them. Each one that he he dialed in like what's happening, what's the risk, and what's the future plan is, is something that every single dealer should be paying attention to. Without a doubt. I mean, one of the... It, it takes a lot to summarize a big issue into a few words. I can't right. remember who said it, but they were like, if I had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter, right? Ah. And, and Steve just does a great job of distilling the issues um, into, because like dealers don't have time. 
right? So one thing no. you don't have a lot of, right? Got a lot of money, don't have a lot of inventory either. Have a lot of money, a lot of motivation, right? <laughs> a lot of things. Time isn't one of them. So Steve does a great job of saying like, look, you're hearing all these things out in the news. You're hearing snippets of this and snippets of that. Let me consolidate that in one place and then give you a very visual way to say, how concerned should I be about this? And I think the right. brilliance of simplicity in the communication of these things is going to be what allows many more dealers to be aware of what's going on. So we're gonna be talking about this a lot more. We're going to uh, partner with Steve to figure out how we can get this information out to you more regularly. Um, and again, so you can take a drip feed of this every day, like an IV, right, into your dealer blood, and you can uh, decide, be prepared, decide to take on these challenges together. Uh, the link to the report is in the show notes, um, or you can just go to automotiveventures.com, and you really should be subscribed to this, honestly. Just subscribe You, to you that really thing. do. You just really do. All right, yeah. speaking of just a thing, I don't know what to say. They're, they're speaking of just a thing. That's the weakest one ever. I can't think of another. Terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> It's a Tuesday morning. That's a Tuesday after holiday segue right there. Either way, we're going to go right into the Speaking of retail risk assessment. Okay. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Pregnant Well, pause. one of the things that he actually covered was uh, a lot of, um, like, the way that vehicles and, and subscriptions and even um, things like charging are coming into the EV landscape. And uh, it looks like some recent announcements have... Uh, have have said, hey, look, retailers are getting in the charging game. Yeah, so Starbucks and Ikea are set to install banks of chargers at some locations, uh, which marks a potential shift in expectations of the driving charging experience. Uh, some studies released by CDK last month says that charging availability is one of the biggest hurdles to broad EV adoption. Yes, we, it's obvious, kind of that, that one. Um, mm -hmm. And charging infrastructure in physical locations is the thing right so walmart and target have chargers now in over 100 locations starbucks announced a partnership with volvo earlier in the year we did cover that to install 60 fast chargers between seattle and denver so their headquarters and denver i guess um and ikea just announced in a partnership with electrify america to install fast chargers at 25 of their locations which will uh be in 18 different states so the presiding now, thinking and premise behind this is that people want availability of chargers. There's a lot of anxiety. Actually, one of the things in the study is that the majority of issues were over char people having gotten to chargers that were down, like they didn't work for some reason. Yeah. Right? And if you're or, already struggling or, to find or it, they've you been get there. iced, meaning a, an internal <laughs> combustion engine is sitting in the spot. Uh, Seen that too. I wonder if you can get towed for that these days. But the bottom line is, is like the thinking around this, I started thinking about, you know, Starbucks saying like, oh, we're going to put chargers in, come in and stay a while. I think that that's convenient as long as they only have one or two chargers. The second they have like 10 chargers out there, that opens up a world of problems for them because what do people do? The first thing you do when you stop at a gas station for some fuel and like, what do you do? And you've been driving a while. You use the restroom. All right. And oh. Starbucks... Right. Starbucks only usually has two restrooms, both like lock single use. Right. And so like the, the restroom infrastructure alone, I think, would need to be scaled up if they're going to have more than, you know, two or three chargers. Yep. You know, but the other well, stuff. Here, here's work. my thing is. So one, I had a leaf early days. Also, Kohl's was actually one of the most early adopters to putting charging stations at retail locations yeah. and consistently one, they were down Two, they're in. <laughs> 
they were in the worst spot. So I, I am wondering, like, are they going to bring them closer to the front of the store and not kind of set to the side, which is where you didn't want to park and, and walk a long way? Um, three is I rarely see them used. And so even for people that are uh, that do have, you know, electric vehicles like they were parking i would see electric vehicles not parked in those ev parking spots with the chargers mm. and then uh, i think the last thing is for me when i'm going in and out of a store in and out of a starbucks speed is the key and what i found is even just like getting out hooking it up you know scanning the qr code saying that's me you know all, all of that rigmarole was an inconvenience so yeah I, and and I also wonder, like, we're talking about Walmart and we're talking about, you know, just places that you wouldn't expect a, a bunch of Teslas to be laying around. Well, I now, think this, that's the this point, could right? Change, I mean, that's right? the Maybe, point is that, knows? like, thinking outside the Tesla lane, like, you need broad adoption. So you need right. all the different types. You know, it does it does make sense. Like, Ikea makes sense that you would make it really convenient because if oh. you're the most convenient place to charge... Gosh, even if you're well, and IKEA, like cheaper it takes like eighteen hours to get, to get through there. IKEA anyway. Yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, so you could probably put slow chargers in there. And but I think about other places where people spend <laughs> a little bit of time, right? Shopping malls make a lot of sense, right? That's a great way to get people to come back to the mall. Sure. Actually, if you subsidize the electricity, like you might actually right. do a better job of getting some traffic. Movie theaters, people, you know, places that people go and spend a little bit of time. Um, I, I think primarily. The idea of sitting at a gas station is terrible to anybody, right? There's a com oh, there's a comfort absolutely. to it, right? Because I'm used to getting gas there, so I'm used to charging up there. But like most gas stations are not really places where you want to spend a lot of time, no, especially I mean, in like. And think about it, like you're four minutes in at most yes. at a gas station, and so you know that's not practical. There's there's no fast charger on the planet that's four minutes in, and so you have to put them. I think we have to put them in retail locations. We have to rethink charging if we're going to do this, and so this is a great step. Um, I, I'm just still intrigued as to uh, as to whether like the the market's ready for it, and that that's like a. A, a normal rhythm that we're going to be, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of them. Specifically, IKEA, genius. You're going to spend 20 hours there anyway. Yeah, and they're whole, they're, they're <laughs> very green, climate sensitive company too. You know yeah, what I mean? So absolutely. it just makes all the sense in the world. Um, they should, they should. Trader Joe's should just put them in every spot. That's what right. should really happen. <laughs> Jeez, they'll make it back. They will make it back. Speaking there of going go. way back, stop. We'll take time. Found this great story this morning. A 100-year-old newspaper auto ad page shows wow. just how much things have changed in the OEM count, as well as how much more expensive a car is today than it was 100 years ago. And yes, I hear you. We adjusted for inflation. Right. <laughs> so Twitter user Zarin Doob is at Speed Sport Life tweeted a photo of a sales page in the Democrat and Chronicle, which is still around today in Rochester, New York, which is only about 50 miles from my office right here um, from 100 years ago. And get this. It had 22 OEMs listed on the page. Hold on. I got to get the photo up just so I can I can read some of these OEMs. Oh. There it is on the screen. Buick Cadillac. Case, Chalmers, Chandler 6, Chevrolet, Cleveland 6, Columbia, Dort, Durant. I love how they're in alphabetical order. The Earl was an OEM. Essex, Gardner, Hayes, Hudson, Hope, Jewett, Jordan, Maxwell, Nash, Oakland, Oldsmobile, Overland, Packard, Page, Pierce, Arrow, Standard 8, Stearns, Studebaker, Veli 6, and Willis, Knight. Those are all automotive OEMs, Kyle. 
everyone. It's wild to me because you just think of these stalwarts of our industry, and it's like only a few made it made it through. Only from the GM the ones origins, from that page, right? Only the GM ones from that page. So, like, you think about the change, and and even I think about people that have been talking about all these new entrants. Oh my goodness, we're gonna have so many EV new uh, new OEMs. Oh my! And there's two things happening here. <laughs> One, probably. Bunch of them aren't going to make it because Probably. we see these trends through. We'll say right? definitely on that one. Definitely. And then also it's like, it's not that scary. There's been times of tons and tons of OEMs in a market trying to figure out whether the market is, is going to allow them in or not. Um, but I, I, it is crazy that like you see inflation over time still like uh, cars way outpacing uh, inflation uh, from a pricing perspective. Um, although I, I will say this is this is one car that has stood the test of time, and I wish I had the photo up, and I wish I would have like thought of it earlier. But if you look at the price of a Miata in the early '90s and a Miata today, they're only like two grand different. It's pretty ah, wild. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, that's, pretty interesting. That's a nice little Mazda fact. Um, so on on this article, you have to check it out. Uh, we linked to it. It was a Jalopnik article that covered the tweet. And the article goes through from a, a Rochester native. He lives in Rochester. And he says, like, you know, he goes around. None of, the, none of the dealers are around. The actual dealers are around anymore. Some of the stores that were mentioned, um, you know, one's an Oriental rug store. One is, like, an addiction rehab place. Um, one wow. is a health insurance office. So he, he was like, well, let me, let me look. So of the three manufacturers, Chevy, Buick, and Cadillac are still around of the OEM. So he went and he used uh, Westhurst Chevy, Vision Buick, and Vision Cadillac to do some comparisons. And here's the deal. The whole list, as far as all the cars listed in the 100-year-old ad, the cheapest one was a Chevy, a fully equipped model Superior Touring was the model. Model Superior Touring, actually, was what it was called. It was $356. You're driving off the lot, taillights over the curb for that one, which adjusted for inflation is only $6,278 today. So- Then he went to West Hurst Chevy, no reflection on the dealer pricing. It's just what the car costs. A Blue Spark L1T is the cheapest car that they have, $17,500. So adjusted for inflation, it's almost three times as expensive to get in the cheapest car available today. The most expensive one on the Cadillac list was called their seven-passenger Imperial. That was the name of the car. $5,000. And $51 adjusted for inflation, it's $89,000.76, so much more realistic. That's that's a price point right there, no until, doubt. Until you look at the V-Series Cadillac Escalade <laughs> that's on the lot at Vision Buick, which tops out at a mere $156,965. That's what I'm talking about. But Kyle, I think for that one. <laughs> your, your point, though, is, is the most relevant takeaway, I think, for this article. You had a list of OEMs that no one's ever heard of anymore because the auto industry was new. People were scrambling in to see who can grab a little market share, who could actually make it work. Turns out only three of the 22 made it work. We have all these EV new entrants. Everyone's got lots of aspirations and the the next biggest idea on how they're going to do it. But what's really going to happen? Just a handful are going to make it through. And don't be so jaded that your OEM... Is it's going to be, be the one, one of them. that makes it. That is no Woo-hoo! doubt. Oh, shots fired fire. on a Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Episode. Shots fired. No. So, look, I think the bottom line of today's whole episode is this. We are in an amazing industry. And if we band together and look at the future and pay attention, we can be the ones that are standing on the other side.